Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Paranormal Paradigm podcast and it's the first episode of 2020. So happy new year to you all and we hope you had a very good Christmas and new year celebrations and myself and Ben are back. We are. Um, no video today. Um, hear the nation sigh collectively. <laughs> nope, didn't hear anything. Nope. <laughs> um, so today we were going to be interviewing a guest, a guy called Les, Les Champion, and he is a fellow member of our investigation group, uh, who we've known for a good few years now, and he was going to come on and he was going to talk about the grassroots of paranormal investigation and what got us into it and stuff like that, and what he likes about this at the hobby, what he doesn't like, and what got him into it from, I think, from a very young age. Um... But unfortunately, family issues, he's had to pull out, and we've postponed him. But what we thought we would do is do exactly the same without Les, almost like a part one yep. about, about us and what we feel about it all. Yeah. And then part two, get Les on, and Les can give us his opinion and um, maybe have a debate about yeah, what we've yeah. said. Because I know Les, without kind of talking for him, he's quite old school in terms yep. of his techniques. Um, having investigated with him, God knows oh, how many times. I was gonna say, yeah. Um, it's been a lot, a lot of times we've been on investigations with him there. He 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 has very old school techniques. Uh, his wife Anne, uh, you know, both lovely people. Uh, Anne is a a Reiki healer, yeah, um, which comes in handy at times during Especially investigations. For yeah, for me, yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> she's worked wonders on me when I get very empathetic and start to feel emotions. Uh, some of which we spoke about on the last video. Um, so yeah, how was your Christmas anyway, Ben? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it was uh, a standard Christmas you get with a nearly five-year-old child. So, <laughs> right, yeah, so, um, yeah. I guess mine was as standard as you could get with a three-month-old child. Yeah, um, basically, he just didn't have a Christmas at all. Um, he was okay, but I wanted to go back to work for, <laughs> for a break. You know, I couldn't couldn't wait to go back. Um, right, so um, well, let's just let's dive get into in. It. Yeah, so there's no intro or anything because it's just us. Um, Feels weird without a video. Yeah, I know. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah. okay, so uh, do you want to go first? I mean, any of you guys that listened to our, our pilot, actually, you may remember we spoke about very, very briefly, yeah. like a seven-minute clip, what got us into this kind of thing. But we're going to go into a bit more depth now. So um, over to you, Ben. Yeah. So I've always said that it was kind of yourself that got me more into the paranormal aspect of things. Um, I've always you know, seeing these programmes on TV, and I'm sure we'll discuss this at some point, like, you know, your most haunted and ghost stories and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've always been very sceptical. I still am very sceptical about anything. Um, but it was only once you started mentioning about, you know, maybe going on a, an investigation and that sort of thing that it started to, to pique my interest a little bit. And it sort of just mothballed from there, I guess. And... Obviously, we're here now where we are, you know, going on investigations and all that sort of thing. And it just seems to have become quite a big interest of mine, really, considering it was something where before I would just brush off and be like, nah, don't, don't talk stupid, you know. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember we, we uh, Ben and I used to work together. And I remember when we first went out on an investigation uh, for the first time together, we were getting all excited, we booked it up and... Yeah. We were researching things like spirit boxes and oh, yeah, yeah. we were listening to video after video. I mean, at the time, you know. Well, there was a there was a guy who I used to watch on YouTube and 
I think he I'm still goes. I'm struggling to remember his name. It was Steve something. I think he still goes. Steve, was it Hub? But Hub? Huff? Huff. Steve Huff. That's it, yeah. And he had a YouTube channel and he used to upload audio from his spirit boxes. And he also had another box that he had where things would come through extremely clearly. Okay. Like it was a specially made box. And as this podcast goes on, I'll try and find what it was called because it's intriguing. Um, but that was what sort of got me interested. I was like, you know, these voices are coming through on this device. Is there something there? Is there not? Is it just random bits of radio yeah. that it's picking mm. up? You yeah. know? And I suppose I still feel a bit like that. But I've now seen and heard a lot more where I've gone, oh, that's a bit more specific yeah. than what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think the specific specific specificness of, um, of 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 a message or of a, of an audio clip can really be the difference between believing it or not. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have something that really hits home to you, something personal, an experience, um, then it really can be the defining line as to whether you believe believe what you've heard or, or not. Um, but yeah, I remember we, we were watching these videos, listening to these videos, and getting, you know, uh, dead excited about going on these investigations. And um, yeah, it kind of went from there. You know, we went on one. Went on two, went on three, yeah. and then that was just, it. Just got more and more. Yeah, I mean, f- from my personal point of view, I grew up in a haunted house. Uh, my my uh, my mum would regularly um, shout at her deceased nan for moving furniture around in our living room. <laughs> you know, even, even after even after she died, she, she used to want it her way. The child gate would slam at the top of the stairs to tell my mum she hadn't locked it properly uh, to prevent me and my brother falling down the stairs. Our mobiles would turn themselves on when we were laying in bed as children. So a lot used to happen there. And when you grow up, like I say, seeing your mum shout at something that's not there and you're only used to her shouting at you, um, you kind of begin to question what else is there, what's in our world that we can't see. I just want to clarify for anyone listening, that when you say your mobiles would turn on, you mean the things that hang over your bed, not a yeah, mobile phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, we're talking like 1993, 94 yeah. or something, so yeah. Um, yeah. Just for anyone listening, I just want to clarify that. <laughs> My Instagram was updated when I woke up in the morning. I, I didn't know how. Um, yeah, so that was, it. That, was, that was it for me, really. That sparked my interest for it. And then... Um, I had a real up close and personal UFO experience, which set off a bunch of synchronicity, and then I ended up going on some investigations that I didn't like. And we've spoke about this before, haven't we? Where we yeah. talk about uh, groups, groups you know, that try and like make stuff happen and, and yeah. sort of put the idea in your head of what's happening rather yeah. than letting you experience experience it, it yourself. Yeah, and that's what it, that's what it was at, at, at these groups, and it still happens today. And uh, Finally, me and Ben decided to go on one together, and the group we went with was the group we settled with. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason was because they did let you experience things yourself. They used to write things down and take notes, but it was only at the end they would yes, ask you. Yes, yeah, they'd always said, you know, they're not going to tell you anything. Plant it subconsciously yeah. into, your, into your mind. They just let you experience it. You say out what you want, they make a note, and at the end, if it's relevant to anything, they'll say, oh, yeah, that was because of this, or yeah, that was because yeah. of that. Or... I listened to, there's a paranormal investigator called Kieran Begg, uh, UK-based, and he. I listened to a podcast he was on, and he spoke about uh, 30 East Drive, which is a, a famous place in the UK that people go to investigate. And when they turned up 
you pay X amount of money basically and you get this house um, for the night. And uh, I think it's the next door neighbours have the keys and they have the money and they look after it all. And there's this woman there who is quite famous now for basically setting you up for the night. And when he went, he was very aware of, of the tricks of the trade and what to look out for. And, um, you know, I think it was like she she took him to the house and she mentioned several times, watch this door, be careful of this door, that, you know, this do-. And it's almost like she was setting something up in him. Yeah. And, you know, for the rest of the night, he couldn't help but think, what's wrong with that door? And yeah. it did move, apparently. Um, Kieran, if you listen to this, let me know if I'm getting this story wrong. Uh, it did move, and you know you can't help but think though. Then, well, is it set up? Well, or, exactly. Or, yeah. if, uh, if you've been told to watch something and then something happens, you're gonna think, well, they've obviously yeah, yeah, they, they've know, set that up. So you're gonna you're gonna instantly think, you know, have they planted something? Have they done something? Is it on a piece of fishing wire? Yeah, you know, yeah, and I think that's I think that's a natural thing though. It is, and I don't I don't think you can uh, help feeling like that. Really. But I also think that a lot of people that aren't used to these investigations wouldn't catch on to that no they wouldn't and and we you know we spoke about before how you know people break down into particular categories and some of these categories you know they're people who don't want to believe and a ghost could walk right up to them and slap them in the face and they won't believe uh there are people that want to believe um and therefore will believe everything and anything that they see and hear and then there are other people who tend to look a little bit more um strategically at what they're seeing to try and analyze whether they should believe it or not and I think a lot of people want so much to believe that it doesn't matter what they hear or see, it, it is a ghost. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, the groups that they go with, these groups we talk of, they don't do anything to discourage that kind of behaviour or that kind of um, thought process because, in fact, it benefits them if they think like that because they're going to keep going, keep giving money um, because they're convinced that they keep experiencing something paranormal even if they aren't so again something you should always be aware of when you go on these investigations is these guys they they make money out of you and you're a paying customer just like when you go to buy a car and the salesman flashes you a nice smile it's kind of the same as that um equipment let's talk a little bit about equipment that we use i know you're vastly trying to google this box yeah this this box that steve huff guy uses he calls it the wonder box um it is a spirit box but it's custom made to only to, to avoid all the static in between so it's just the words so it's just the words that come through okay and is that self-made can you get that you I, I think you can buy it um but it's not cheap <laughs> right that's okay we'll talk about that first then so ghost hunting equipment and their price categories <laughs> uh anyone that's watched my presentation or plans to this is part of what i talk about uh equipment and 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 um the the good and the bad about equipment so some certain pieces of equipment let's take the uh k2 or the emf meter it basically used to be used to diagnose leaky wiring faulty microwaves anything like that um anything that was leaking emf into your home and you could get them relatively cheap then the ghost hunting industry decided to cut on and start using it and Yvette Fielding was running roundhouses with them and, and so on. So everybody would get one. And all of a sudden they go for 40, 50 pound. I've seen one for on Amazon, 50 pound for a K2 meter um, because they've put ghost hunting on the back of it <laughs> or 
Ghost Hunters or because it's sold on ghosthunters.com. I've made that up. I don't know if that's a website. It sorry. probably is. Sorry if it is. Um, <laughs> but because they're on these kind of, they're associated with this, it's a cash cow and people yeah. know they can yeah. milk it. Just like when you go to a theme park and you pay £10 for a burger because they know you're yeah, going to buy you're, it. Yeah, you're there, they've got you trapped. That's exactly it. Yeah. So the K2 meter, I mean, what's your opinion on the on that the k2 meters i've i've seen them flickering because obviously the lights on there they've got green lights orange lights and red lights and the idea is if a a spirit or some kind of electromagnetic force is to come near it it makes the lights go up to the red so i've seen enough times them flicker with the lights go up to the red they've stayed at the red but there's always that doubt in my mind that, you know, it could be someone's phone. People tell you they've got it on flight mode, but have they really? Have they really? Uh, one thing we've mentioned on previous podcasts is if you see someone holding one, you can manipulate the button on them. Yeah, I've like seen a button it done. On the front seen it that done makes the, the lights flicker if you're not quite pressing it all the way in. Um, but sometimes, you know, I've seen them. In fact, one of the, one of the times I've seen them actually flicker when I know no one has any signal on the phone, is in Draco Tunnels. And I've seen yeah. it, I think, once. And it's like not really any electric down there. There's, no, there's no real any electric down there. There's nothing that's going to give off that much of an electromagnetic that. Were we, were signal. We in, were we in the kitchen area? I believe we, so, we, yeah. We got it on the floor. Yeah. And right. like I say, it was on the floor, and we were doing some calling out, and it, and it flicked, the lights did, and I just remember thinking, okay, that's weird, because I know it's no one's phone. There's nothing down here that's powered. You're like 400 feet underground. Yeah. There's no signal. There's no lights. You know, you are in the pitch black. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've done outside investigations as well, and it's flickered then. And, you know, you, you there's two or three of you. You know all of your phones are on fly mode. And you think, well, what could be affecting it here? You know, I'm stood in the middle of, like, a, a graveyard. Yeah. There's, there's no I electrics. Mean, there's, there's always something that doubts in my mind, like, you know, could it be it's picked up? someone's Wi-Fi from a nearby house. Yeah, you know, anything I don't know. <laughs> anything, I mean, people take photos of it while it's active as well, and the flash of the camera and stuff like that can trigger it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and of course, they then got kind of go, oh, look at that, it got worse then, because you've just took a picture of it with yeah. your phone. Um, again, you know, something to be mindful of. So uh, that's one piece of equipment that I think is, it's not that it's overrated, I mean, we have it's one. A, it's a good little piece of equipment to have. It's just not very trustworthy. It can be manipulated yeah. um, purposefully and also um, non-purposefully. Is that a word? <laughs> uh, unintentionally. Unintentionally, yeah. Um, by, you know, outside sources like mobile phones or whatever that you can't control. Um, a piece of equipment that is similar-ish to it is what we call a REM pod or a radiating electromagnetism pod. That's why we call it a REM pod because it's a mouthful. Um, and this is very similar to a ferromen. So... Uh, those old uh, Victorian style instruments where you could move your hand closer to it and it would make a noise, it would get louder and you move your hand away and it would get quieter um, without actually touching it. And the idea is that where the EMF meter will um, pick up any disturbances in the surrounding electromagnetic field, a REM pod actually produces its own magnetic field and as you disturb it by putting your hand towards it, it kicks off and then as you move away, it settles down again. And, and kicks off is the right word because... <laughs> it can kick off. <laughs> it can really it kick can off. It can really kick off. Um, and I find these a little bit more trustworthy because, you know, yes, they can be faulty in themselves, they can be faulty batteries and all that stuff, but it's producing its own field. So when it's being disturbed, it's being disturbed. 
Um, whereas in an EMF meter, um, it picks up surrounding electromagnetic field, which is constantly being disturbed, constantly being bombarded with Wi-Fi, 3G, 4G, everything yeah. else that's going on. Um, so I just find the Rempod is a little bit more um, reliable when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, you can buy them and it's combined with a K2 almost and it has the lights on like a yeah. K2, the aerial, it makes the sound like a like a REM pod. Um, and if you're lucky enough to be able to afford a few of these, I mean, again, they go anywhere between 100 to £300. Pounds. Mm, yeah. um, one experiment is to maybe, um, if you're familiar with a place and you know that there's footsteps that are heard in a particular room, lay them out in a line several metres apart and if you hear footsteps or if you suspect there are footsteps, you might hear them trigger one after the other as if something's walking past them and disturbing the um, field that they're producing, um, which would be interesting to, yeah. to hear. So as you um, heard, yeah, if you heard one set off and then the next one and then, and the, then next the next one. one. yeah. Well, I remember we sat on the stairs at the electric club and people kept feeling like someone walking past them and, yeah. and it kept going off, didn't it? Yes, it did, yeah. Um, I remember that. I mean, actually. the REM pod, I've got to admit, is one of my favourite pieces of equipment. Yeah, I know it's you always go for um, it. I always go for <laughs> it. And uh, it is interesting because the one that we use, you have to hold it when you switch it on because it sort of calibrates itself to the person that's there. So it knows that... I mean, it's not like a, a piece of smart equipment or anything like that, but it sort of knows that it can feel your presence, if yeah, you know what I mean. because if you touch it, it's going to go off. But yeah. once you've got hold of it, It'll it, stop again it and then it won't off go then. off until yeah. something else disturbs yeah. it. So I can be walking, you know, up the stairs like I was at the electric club and all of a sudden it just starts going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? Or we can, like you said, we can leave it sat on the floor. Which is the best. I think this, yeah. you know, this and the EMF meter that we talk of and most pieces of equipment that are similar to this, uh, EVP recorders and whatever, are best left unattended. Yes. On the floor. Yeah. If you're gonna, If you're going to... If you're using it as part of an experiment and you want to have a visual on it, then fine, but put it in the middle of a circle or put it on a table. So yeah, you can see as long it. as you're trying not to touch it or manipulate it. Don't hold it, it yeah, because yeah. EVP recorder, you, you know, you think, oh, I'm just going to scratch my arm. You forget that you're holding the recorder and it's going to pick up you scratching your arm. Uh, you don't think about it because it's just natural. And then when you listen back two days later, you can't remember scratching your arm. You don't know what you've you've picked up and you put it down to it being paranormal, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, same with the uh, the the REM, the REM pod. Classic example was, again, at the Electric Club, the cellar we've spoke of before. It's a tiny cellar. You've cramped five or six people and you're on top of each other. And quite common in the dark, you don't really know how close you, you stood to someone and the REM pod might go off. And it's just because the person in front of you turned round and their elbows, you know, come near, yeah, the, come near the aerial. Near the aerial. And you think, oh, what was that? You can't see them. You can't feel them, really. But you again, you think it's paranormal. So they are best left unattended. Uh, somewhere you can keep an eye on them, somewhere you can hear them. That's the best thing you can do for, for, for this kind of equipment. Um, what other pieces of equipment are there? We use, um, again, we've spoken about them, spirit boxes. Spirit boxes, yeah. yeah. That's another one, again, depending on how much you want to spend, you can get very expensive spirit boxes. You can get ones that you know start at about £40 pound, mm -hmm. and they can go up to hundreds. Um, that one I was on about that guy uses, I don't think you can actually get them anymore, but I believe he was charging a good few hundred uh, pounds for them. Uh, he was in America, so obviously it was in dollars, but, you know, they're, again, they're a piece of equipment that is best. Now, these don't necessarily have any effect if you're holding them or if you're not, 
because they don't produce any electromagnetic field. They don't rely on an electromagnetic field. But I still feel like when you're using one, you should sort of put it down and just sit back and listen. Mm-hmm. When you're asking the questions, just sit back and listen because you might pick up on something if you're in a more relaxed state than what you would if you're holding it and you were listening for something. Yeah, I mean, we say that all the time. If you're sat staring in the dark, willing for something to happen, nine times out of ten, it won't. It's the second you turn around, you start talking about what you watched on TV last night or what you had for tea, and all of a sudden, something out the corner of your eye or something will get thrown, something will move. And it's almost it's because you're not giving it any attention anymore. Yeah. It, it wants your attention back. I mean, the spirit box is great for those that don't know what one is. It's simply a... a Scanner, uh, a radio well, it's scanner, a, a, a radio scanner. that won't sit on one frequency. Yeah, so when you change your radio station in your car, when it finds a station, it sticks. Whereas this basically has that ability taken out. So when it finds a station, depending on what setting you put it to, we tend to prefer 250 milliseconds. It will stop on the station for that long and then move on to the next one. And uh, so you kind of get this bunch of static with bits of words as it's picking up each station yeah. as, as it scans. So you are picking up radio stations, but the idea is that the spirit uses those stations to form words, to form... Uh, form like phrases or phrases sentences. Phrases or sentences to, to be able to talk to you. Um, problem with this is it's a very, very susceptible to pareidolia, which is the phenomena where people will recognise patterns when there yes. aren't any, so faces in clouds or, yeah. or whatever. Um, uh, so, I mean, a, a great example... Um, we we conducted a session and there were so many you know six or seven of us sat around it and we asked how many spirits are here with us and we got a response it said something and about four people all told us that the number they'd heard was completely different to the next person so someone had heard six someone had heard eleven yeah someone had heard eight and you know if I say to you that now it's six eleven eight they don't sound Same. anything like each other you know what I'm saying. Um, but these guys all interpreted it how they wanted to interpret it. It doesn't mean any of them were wrong or lying. It's just that that's how they interpreted yeah. it, um, which is classic pareidolia, you know. And, of course, if also if you're grieving, we've had people come who recently lost a loved one, and you're so desperate to hear something or so desperate to get some evidence, you will hear whatever you want to hear, and you'll recognise patterns even if they aren't there, and that is pareidolia. And it's the same with EVP recordings. You know, you watch programs and they give you the subtitles to tell you what the EVP recording is saying. Yeah. You try covering that up before you know what it says and guess what it says. And I guarantee you at least 50-60% of the time, what you hear and what you think it says is not yeah. what the subtitles tell you. But the second you move your arm or whatever it is you're blocking the subtitles with, read the subtitles, listen to it together, and all of a sudden it will all make sense. And you'll think, oh yeah, that's what I can hear. Well, it's, it's a classic example um, that was all over the internet uh, a while back, and it was a noise, and people were saying it sounded like either Yanni or Laurel. Oh yeah, Do you I remember, remember that? that. Yeah, and that's a classic thing because if someone put the word on the screen, you yeah. would hear that word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd be convinced it definitely said that. Yeah. And then they could put the other word on the screen, and you'd hear that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That is. Um, and that's I- that's a perfect example of of that. Yeah, you know, someone using subtitles and already telling you what you're hearing. Yeah. So again, you know, we we uh, I know I have anyway. I've spoken to people who've who've claimed to have caught certain things and they've shown it me, and they always go to tell me, "Oh, it says whatever," and I always, you know, stop them and say, "No, don't tell me," 
don't tell me what it's going to say because I want to hear this for myself. Uh, and very, very rarely do I tell them that I've heard what they wanted to tell me I would hear. Um, so again, it's just this classic case of, of misinterpreting patterns yeah. or interpreting patterns that aren't really there. Um, let's talk about the big one. The, 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 what, uh, bit of a question. What would you? What do you think is the maybe the biggest piece of equipment and the most controversial? Uh, obviously, it's opinion. It's all opinion. What do you think I'm talking about when I I, I say I say that? Hmm. I'm not really sure because when you say like controversial, the first things I think of are things like crystals. Okay. And uh, dowsing rods. Okay. Because I feel like they can be manipulated more than anything else. What? Okay. Subconsciously. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think. I think maybe if I take the word the word con controversial and replace it with divisive divisive it divides the the the, the paranormal community you either love it or you hate it uh i reckon spirit board spirit board absolutely spirit board board. yeah um (laughs) i mean we've we've seen it haven't we people have left the room yes because we've pulled out a wooden board with some letters on yeah and I'm and like oh no i'm not having a ouija board no no i'm yeah. gone see you later not having anything to do with it and that's their that's their um opinion that's their opinion and that's absolutely fine we always say when we're on investigations look if no one wants to do this no one's going to force you to you can leave the room with someone else if you want but that's the same with anything we do yeah and yeah, no one's no one ever forces anyone to try and do anything um you know we don't we don't make them do anything some people in fact i know of people that don't like um Doing things such as human pendulums, which we'll talk about in a minute, but the um, the board for me is one of the best pieces of equipment that we can use um, because it it does it confuses me and it all it raises more questions than answers and I love stuff like that because I like to be able to answer everything and I like to be able to explain <laughs> phenomena and how equipment works and why it works and why it's uh, possibly not real I guess. Yeah. Um, but a spirit board makes it so much difficult, you know, so much more difficult to do that with. Um, we've seen the glass move on its own with yes. the, hair, the hairdressers, and, yeah. and the glass moved with no one actually touching it. And we've had so many times people, you know, smart asses kind of say to us, "Oh well, make the glass move without anyone touching it." Well, it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't ask it to; it it just did, and. Um, so I mean I can't explain that I can't explain how I've said I've said to you guys before how someone's been asking the questions not touching the glass and the people who've touched the glass have answered every question correctly yeah and they don't know each other they don't know the answers yeah I mean that's a big one for me in the way of believing all this is the fact that for someone who isn't isn't even on the board as as we'd say to ask these questions and get the right answers yep. from people that they don't know yeah. That really baffles me. Yeah, because if it's not a spirit moving the glass or however they're doing it, it has to be... Um, Either someone's got mind powers... It's telekinesis, isn't yeah. it? You're talking about some other phenomena, <laughs> which is just as mind-boggling yes, yeah. as, 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 as a spirit moving the glass. I was say, or someone's absolutely guessing and should have played yeah. the lottery that day. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? I mean, we, we, um, we've... Put things in an envelope and asked for it to read what's in the envelope. It's never guessed it though. No. Nope. Uh, and my next plan is to blindfold the people who are doing it and ask the questions to see if they 
still move the glass around. Ah, the interesting. Um, just to see, you know, it's not that I, I think people that, that do it are lying and, and, and aren't, you know, being uh, truthful. It's just you have to cover all bases. Yeah, and I think the thing with the spirit board is when, if someone's trying to push a glass around a board, they're going to do it. If they're doing it subconsciously, it's going to be a lot more difficult than if they're consciously doing it. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Because if you're consciously pushing the glass, you know you can feel the pressure on your finger from the rim of the glass. Because we only rest our fingers on the rim of the glass very, very lightly. Yeah. So if you're pushing it, you're going to know that you're pushing it. Yeah. So if someone's doing it um, subconsciously, for them not to know that, it's a lot more difficult for me to think that that would be a thing. Yeah, no, I get you. Do you get what I, I, get, I get you. And that's part of the reason why, you know, we always make sure or we ask for any participants to use um, their nail. So turn the little thing around, turn yeah. the hand around and use the nail because when you have a nail on the glass, you try and push it then and it just slides yeah. across the top of the glass and it's quite difficult to, to, to move it. I mean, we warm the, the, the board up and you can tell. You can tell that people are pushing it. And you know, oh, yeah. oft- oftentimes yeah. the glass falls over because people are... You know, trying to move it too fast and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. Um, so for anyone that's ever done one, um, I hope I speak for us all when I say that you can really, you can tell when someone is moving the glass um, purposefully, you know, on, on purpose. And another thing I've always stated is if someone's moving a glass, pushing it is one thing, but being able to pull it back towards you to get another letter, yeah, that's and, difficult. Because but, I, I, to be honest, I've I've tried it when we've been yeah, just with ourselves, you know. Because yeah. you do, you try these things yeah. because you think, well, how easy would it be to do? To do it, yeah. And to push a glass, no problem. But to pull it back the other way across the across the, a slippery board, you know, it's not like that, when you're only trying to touch the rim of the glass. Yes, yeah. you you because you, you can't do it really. You don't move either. You know, you're you're stood in or sat in the same position on the board, but the glass zigzags, it moves it. It winds its way around the board. And as Ben says, if you're pushing it in one direction, when you've got four or five other fingers touching the glass, it's difficult then to manipulate it to come into another direction well, you'd seamlessly. Have, you'd have to hope that someone's going to push it the other way. With you, yeah. kind of going with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 so we talk about the ideometer effect, and that's the kind of uh, the subconscious movement of, of, of muscles without a stimulus action. So... Uh, automatic handwriting would be this, so um, or pendulums or dowsing. Yeah, I think so. You're you're moving it. You're answering your own questions basically without knowing. Yeah, you you don't think you're moving, but you are subconsciously. That's the ideometer effect. And I've heard people say that the spirit board is that, which is fine if there's one of you doing it, or maybe two. But when you've got five or six, what's the chances that you're all subconsciously wanting to answer exactly the same thing? Yeah. Why would you all want to take it to the letter J? Why wouldn't one person not want that and want to take it to the letter Y? Um, it always flows seamlessly. And so if it is the ideometer effect and there's a collective subconscious effort to move the glass around the board, then that is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that needs exploring, That the fact that you can all interlink subconsciously and have or create the same motive with what you want out of the experiment. Um, and that's interesting. So, I mean, people think it's the portal to hell. People think, <laughs> oh, you can't have one in your house. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're going to release a demon into your house. Or... We're looking at one right now, sitting on my living room floor, leaning up against my drum cymbals. Um, 
need to move those symbols. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just a board. With it's a board letters with on. letters and numbers on. We've cut letters out of paper, made a circle. It still worked. We've used just a glass on a table. Yeah, it still worked. It's a tool of communication. It's the same as a K two meter. It's the same as a rempard. It's yep. exactly the same. You're asking for a spirit to communicate with you, and it is. And it's that simple. Um, that doesn't mean people haven't had bad experiences with it, but people have had bad experiences with 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 other pieces of equipment and 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 with other things that we do. Um, unfortunately, I think because of the media, because of Hollywood, yeah, because of that, like I think that. that's where the whole bad rep has come yeah. from with this sort of thing. It got demonised from, from films and TV shows. I mean, it was invented as a game. Yeah, well, it was. It was Ouija's trademark by Hasbro. Exactly. Um, and you it, know, it was a game for kids to it play. It means yes, yes in French and German. Um, and you know, that's what it was. It was kids or yeah. whatever trying to get a spirit to say yes. Yeah. So it's. I love it. It's my probably next to the Rampart. I think I'm the same as Ben. Next to the Rampart, it, it's my favourite. Yeah, piece I do, of, I do piece like of the spirit board. Um, okay. Moving away from equipment, if there's any equipment you'd like us to discuss in part two when we get Les back on, let us know between now and then. Um, moving away from that, I also feel we should mention Derek Okora. Yeah. Who, when we record this, passed away two days ago, I think. Yes. Two days ago. Um, it's a shame. I mean, whether you believe he was genuine, whether you believe he was a fraud, maybe a bit of both. Um, he always came across as, as a lovely bloke in the, you know, the programs I watched him in and the interviews I saw him in and the book that I read of his. Um, and I know he had a lot of controversy with Most Haunted. They set him up a few times and he fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Did you ever hear about that? I've heard about that in the past. Yeah, yeah there was one. For those that don't know, uh, Most Haunted is like the UK's version of Ghost Hunters or whatever. And he used to Derek Okora is a famous medium. Um, and he basically hit fame by appearing on Most Haunted. And they set him up several times. There was a guy on there, uh, I think his name was Kieran, actually, and he was the sceptic of the show. And he tried to set up Derek by um, planting things in his head. So there was the one episode where, I can't remember the name of him, um, but he left a name uh, of someone lying around and made sure that when he was talking about his name that Derek was within earshot and mentioned this I can't I was like a slave trader he was he was something like this and mentioned this guy's name uh within earshot of Derek and then during the show or during the recording of the show Derek got possessed and claimed he was possessed by this name and it was a made up name I think it was an anagram of Derek Lois or it was something, something like, like that. it was definitely an anagram of some sort uh, De- Derek Lois or him. yeah Derek fraud or something like that and he fell for it and Derek then came out and said oh well it, Derek had a famous spirit guy called Sam which everybody knew Sam yeah um, and he came out and claimed that Sam uh, had picked up on this name and had got confused and um, tried to backtrack a little bit so who's telling the truth I don't know the, the, the sceptical logical side of me tells me he was faking it does that mean everything he's done is fake? Probably well, not. Well, I suppose you can look at it as, you know, maybe he was having an off day. 
You know what I mean? On off day, maybe he was told to do it to to promote the program, to make the program more interesting. Maybe. Um, because I mean, the thing is, if and we've said this in the past as well, if you watched Most Haunted or Ghost Stories or Ghost Hunters or whatever you watch, and they were true to how we go investigations. It would be an hour-long, boring programme. It would be. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, we, we, we sound there like we're really degrading what we do and we make saying our hobby's boring. Um, but at times it is. Yeah, know? I mean, we've, we've been on investigations where nothing has happened. We've been there for hours and hours. You know, four or five hours on an investigation and we've had nothing. Not a peep. Not a peep. And, you know, we've said they're not going to put that sort of thing on TV. No. Because a TV is for entertaining... Yeah. And that's what they want. They yeah. want entertainment. Well, you, listeners, you know, you may remember when we interviewed Ron Meyer uh, a month or so ago and he spoke about the paradox of finding Bigfoot, the programme, and how um, they, they'd said, the producers had told them, look, you know, one rule, and that is we can't find Bigfoot. Yeah. Because if we find Bigfoot, there's no programme. Yeah. Uh, and I've recently, in fact, yesterday, saw a new one, Expedition Bigfoot or something it's called. Oh, did they find him? Well, clearly not. <laughs> uh, and I often say, I remember saying it to Ron, if these guys had found stuff like this, if Most Haunted had found conclusive evidence of a ghost um, that what that hadn't been proved to be faked like it has every other time, then we, we'd know about it before it got to telly. You know, someone yeah. would leak it. And I think or... the thing is as well is, you know, even if it got to telly, a lot of people would still have trouble believing it because of all the things you can do. Nowadays. With nowadays with special effects, yeah. with you know, computer programmes. That's an interesting topic actually. That's one we should talk about. Can we ever trust our eyes or ears again because of the, the, the modern technology and the, the abilities? Um So I'd how... say like if you're on investigation, for example, again, the one place that always sticks out on my is Draco Tunnels because you're so cut off from everything. Yeah. yeah. Then down there, I'd say yes. Because one, it's incredibly dark. Yep. So, you know, you can't, your eyes are one thing that you can't really use down there. So you've got to rely on your ears, you know, your sense of touch, that sort of thing. But I, I know what you mean. Like anywhere else you go, you know, you've always got outside things playing on your mind. And I think that's for, that's for, uh, um, I guess a first-hand experience. But if you're, you know, nowadays, how often do we see a blurred photo of a Bigfoot? Or, oh, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, a blurred photo of a UFO or well, the Loch Ness monster. That's another one. The Loch Ness monster, yeah, yeah, or or a ghost that 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 you know. What's the first thing that everybody says nowadays? It's photoshopped. Yeah. Photoshop, Photoshop. Right, it's fake. It's Photoshop. And you know, before Photoshop was a word. People would say, "Oh, it's fake. You know, yeah. it's trickery. They, 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 they've manipulated the image. They've manipulated the footage." Um, so there's always been that possibility that it's fake. What I'm saying is, nowadays with CGI, Photoshop, and other things, it's becoming more and more easier to trick people, and more and more easier to to make people believe what they're seeing. Yeah, I suppose. So can we, do you think? Do you think that at some point we will see real evidence of a ghost? Photographed, video, whatever. But when you look at it, you you you, you instantly go, "No, nah, it's fake." Yeah, probably. Um, we yeah. could be looking at the real deal, the life changing, yeah. game changing piece of evidence. Yeah, 
but there's going to be doubt in your mind. There's always going to be doubt. Though. Is it fake? I think there's, there's always, always going to be doubt. Yeah, but that I mean, doubt, that doubt becomes <coughs> larger because yeah. of the ability to manipulate evidence. Yeah, I think that's the thing is because people know what you can do with Photoshop, with video editing programs, your first thought these days is to go, no, it's fake. It's fake. And like you said, you could have a photo of Bigfoot in front of you posing, you yeah. know, yeah. like yeah. he's doing a selfie or something. Holding a sign saying, I'm real. Yeah. This isn't Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, people are going to go, no, nah, it's fake. Yeah, <laughs> Um, and and this is this is the point, you know. Um, this is something people should think about because um, has it been done on purpose? I doubt it. Um, uh, I mean, you know, why why is it that every photo of a UFO is 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 sketchy? Well, is, I mean, is, is even even before Photoshop was a thing, even before uh, video editing programs were like a common thing for a lot of people to be able to get their hands on. The one thing that sticks out in my mind, and you see it a lot on TV, there was um. There's a classic clip of a UFO flying around and it ended up being like a tin on a piece of string or something. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think yeah. it was some brothers or something that, yeah. had, that had filmed it. Yeah. And people believed it was real for a long time. Yeah. And then they came out and was like, oh, no, we faked it. We faked it, yeah. You know, and that was before all this sort of thing, before, you know, video editing programs were freely accessible to everyone. To everybody, yeah. You know. I mean, it, so I think there's always going to be that little bit of doubt. yeah. I think so. I mean, again, you know, let us know what you think, guys. Have you ever seen a photo or uh, that you think is real and can be proven to be real? Uh, I mean, people have sent bit, like photos of that Bigfoot, the famous was it Patterson uh, photo of Bigfoot where he was walking across the clearing. Uh, apparently that's been analysed and has been proven to be real. Um, you know, I mean, look at the whole alien autopsy videos. And yeah. Stuff like that. Um, you know, I know Spyros is currently doing a tour, the guy who claims to have um, made the video. Right. Created the... He's basically like, it's fake, because I made it. Yeah. Um, he's touring the UK soon, um, talking about that and about how it's all got completely out of hand, basically. Um, but, you know, look at these kind of things. And, and, and we, I, I personally think it's, it makes it difficult. And I, I think yeah. we're never, ever going to be able to trust our eyes or ears again when it comes to this. No, it's there's always going to be... No matter how real, you know, someone tells you it is or how real it looks and that sort of thing, I think there's definitely always going to be that little bit in your mind that goes, mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I think the only way to combat this is to get out there and do it yourself. Yeah. Because if you find a photo, like that one I uploaded to Facebook the other day, if you find a photo, if you get a piece of audio, if you get a piece of video footage that you've got yourself, so you know you haven't faked it, you were with a group of people, you were all there, you can all rely on each other, you can all trust each other, because trust is a very important word when it comes to this kind of thing. You have to trust the people that you're with and what they're saying and what they're telling you they've seen and heard. It's true, you have to trust them. And if you can find something yourself, then that's all that matters, I guess. You know, you're not going to get rich or famous by selling it to the press or anything like that. But you can rest easy in your bed at night knowing that you found some conclusive evidence yeah. that you believe to be true because you know it's not fake, you know it's not hoaxed, um, and you've kind of gone through every thought process you could do to eliminate what it might be, and you finally arrive at the fact that actually that photo is a ghost. Yeah. And that's the only way you can combat it is by going out and doing it yourself. Well, I say, don't know that, you know, seeing is believing. Seeing is believing, yeah. So if you yeah. see something for yourself, or like you say, you're taking a photo... And you know 
that you've done that, nothing, nobody else has, nobody's faked it, then you're going to go, yeah, okay, that's that. That's that, yeah. Um, okay, so we're probably going to come and round it off a little bit now. Um, I went down to a house in Essex a few weeks ago, just before Christmas, to a house, a family who are being hounded by um, what I would call a poltergeist. doesn't mean it's evil. Poltergeist means noisy spirit. It's not evil. It's just a spirit activity Again, that's noisy. Media, the media. The film industry. People think poltergeist is a demon. Well, it's because of the film, isn't it's it? It's because of the film, yeah. yeah. Poltergeist. Kids getting sucked into TVs and stuff. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah slime coming down in the yeah. closet. I mean, really, uh, if you've got a spirit that opens a drawer in your house and makes a noise while doing it, it's poltergeist. Yeah. Poltergeist is an activity. It's it's a it's a form of activity. It isn't a spirit itself. So it's a poltergeist activity. And this is what's happening. They're having pennies thrown at them. They've had a suitcase thrown at them. Um, they've had scratches. They've had knocks. They've had bangs. They've had a lot of stuff happen. And we went down and we walked in the house and within the first five minutes, there were two pennies thrown down the stairs. And we were all downstairs. No one was upstairs. And two pennies were thrown down the stairs at us. Uh, one of them was a, a New Zealand 10 pence. Don't, don't know where that came from. Um, and then uh, we were all sat downstairs doing a spirit board session and as clear as day, we all heard uh, footstep, footstep, footstep upstairs on the landing. And then the door uh, creak open. We got the door opening on video with no one there. And we all ran upstairs like, what the hell was that? So the room that it had gone into, we then kind of split up. And I, I went into this room and felt something hit me. Um, so I kind of freaked out a little bit, turned the light on to find a trainer had hit me and landed on the bed. And the trainer had been thrown. It was in like a, a case on the back of the, the, the door. And it had been thrown at me across the room, a good five or six feet. And I left it on the bed. And then about an hour or so later, I was in another room. And a guy that was with us came running out of that same room, screaming, basically, um, and saying something had hit him. So we've gone into the room. And lo and behold, the shoe I'd left on the bed is now in the middle of the floor. <laughs> and that's what had hit him. Uh, we're going to be going back down there in a few weeks and we're going to be taking a medium with us and she's currently debating as to whether she wants a priest because um, she just wants this thing gone. Um, we're not sure what it is, but we're going to try and help her figure it out and um, get rid of it so she can get her life back, basically. Um, so if anyone listening needs our help, <laughs> the Ghostbusters, you can um, <laughs> give us a call and we'll be happy to talk to you about what you're experiencing, maybe help you try and figure out what it is. Um, we're always open to to helping people out and to uh, investigating new places and, yeah. and new occurrences. It's always a good thing. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll round it up. Yeah, I think we'll wrap it up here. So this does it for part one yes, of this podcast. Les will be with us for part two. Yeah, so we'll be able to get his opinions on everything, um, get some experiences from him. He's got a lot. He's got a lot. He's got a yeah. lot of stories to tell. Um, don't want to ruin any of them. Some of them are great stories. Yes, yeah. Um, one of them involves the, the, the churchyard where I found that photo that I uploaded to the group. It's the same place, um, probably before we were born. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was. Uh, it's a good story, actually. I'll make sure he tells that. Um, I think there's going to be another podcast between now and then. I know we're interviewing Melissa next week, so we had Melissa Martel. You may remember we uploaded a faulty podcast with her. Yeah, we lost pretty much half the audio on it for some unknown reason. Yeah, we don't know why. So we just deleted the whole thing. And that's why if you're looking for episode four, you will never find it, ever, because it, it we deleted it. Yeah. Um. So uh, we're going to get her on and she'll be, we'll be talking about the same topic. Um. 
which will be uh, green ladies mm. and, and, and other spirits attached to UK uh, estates, stately homes, yeah. manor homes. Um, and what those colours mean? Do they mean anything? And then it'll probably be Les. We'll get Les on. Uh, and we'll give you part two of what we've discussed tonight. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you're having a good start to the new year. Uh, any feedback, any questions, any comments, leave them in the comments section or contact us at paranormalparadigmpodcast.gmail.com or via our Facebook page. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.